Welcome to Behind the Mirror, a mini-series that Josh and I are doing to feedback and review the latest season, season six of Black Mirror. I'm Nayana. And I am Josh, and today we're covering episode two of season six, Loch Henry, uh, which features a slightly different uh, setting and <laughs> cast of characters, as we expect from the anthology series that is Black Mirror, but de- very different from our first episode, which you can go and listen to our review of previously. So, Nayana, f- as usual, first takes, what, what did you make of, of this one? I loved it. I um, I much prefer these kind of darker episodes to um, the sort of slightly more upbeat episode that we started with. I really liked having it set in the UK in a really remote setting. I'm a big fan of true crime, so I feel like there are all these elements uh, meshing together really well. And yeah, interestingly, as you say, Josh, it wasn't really about um, technology, or at least not what we think of as dystopian future technology. How about you? What did you think? First thoughts? Yeah, that was my main takeaway as well. We are pushing the boundaries even for our tech podcast here (laughs) of uh, how closely related to the tech world this was. There was one key carryover. Uh, and that mm. is the role of Streamberry, a.k.a. Netflix, mm. uh, which cropped up, which I was really surprised to see crop up in exactly the same form, because that really, yeah. if, if something sticks around for more than one episode in Black Mirror, you know that it's a, a kind of a, a persistently yeah. serious theme. So, so maybe I'll just um, quickly sum yeah. up the episode. Is that helpful yeah. for our listeners? Um, well, basically, the episode focuses on two um, young, um, a, a young couple, one Um, a young American woman and her partner who is Scottish. They're both at film school and they travel to a remote part of Scotland to visit um, his mother and also to shoot a film on kind of a local story. Once there, they find out, or at least she finds out more about the story of a local murderer um, who has made the area really suffer in terms of lack of tourism um, and the kind of haunting of what this local murderer did has left its mark on the local area too. Um, and they pivot to making a film about that instead with some pretty dark consequences. Um, the episode just gets darker and darker. Um, and yeah, so, and as you say, Josh, Streamberry and um, the episode kind of deals with these themes of streaming, making content, um, maybe the ethics of telling some of these stories um, and how how viewers, I mean, although it's much more from the perspective of the filmmakers rather than the audiences, uh, we do have the sneak peek at the end of thinking about how audiences respond to this kind of content. Yeah, so I think the only other similarity to the last episode is the uh, kind of recursive um, nature of the role of entertainment in this, you know, Streamberry features, but really Streamberry slash Netflix is just, is a bit of a metaphor really for the broader voyeurism that seems to shape so much media today. There's a couple of choice quotes in this when they spoke to the uh, Netflix or the, the production company exec. And ironically, of course, it's the character Pia who is it who ends up dying a result as a result of pursuing this this filmmaking uh, who uh, really pushes her boyfriend to uh, to talk about the story and so mm. th- that's that's the other hook that that comes across here i i personally found it a little bit one note i mean it's a classic mm. horror and they even shout out black um, the blair witch project uh, at one point um, and indeed it's a very similar setup with sort of three amateur filmmakers you know using found footage and, and so on uh, before yeah. we get this kind of this jump outwards, if you like, um, mm. but I I found it a bit 
although I thought the storytelling was good, I, I was certainly very, uh, it felt like a horror film, um, definitely, and with all the twists and turns. Yeah. I thought the, you know, certainly the, the, the message that was getting across was, was a lot more straightforward than the last episode, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, um, but it was a bit of a, a, a tone shift, I think, from the last episode. Yeah, I think actually that's sort of what I liked about it is that it was such a tone shift. And we're starting to see Black Mirror and Charlie Brooker kind of think a little bit more and differently about what Black Mirror can do, because there's so many technologies they've explored before. Um, there's so many, you know, dystopian scenarios they've already been through. And our relationship with future tech has changed. We're, we're kind of thinking a lot more about tech than we did 10 years ago, even when Black Mirror first first showed on Channel 4, I think mm. it was. Um, and so, you know, this, I think in this, this episode is very tech light, as we said, it focuses, I mean, the only real technology is film. Um, and in fact, they, they make a point of saying at one point in the, in the episode that it's interesting to use these kind of old, like old film cameras and things yeah. like that. So it's a very analog way of making this, you know, there's nothing. Um, and as you say, they focus on the, you know, the, like, on the content creation element of it more. But I think that I actually sort of forgot for a minute or two that I was watching Black Mirror and just enjoyed yeah. the show, enjoyed the episode for what it was, which is something I'd like to feel a bit more going forwards in Black Mirror because it's difficult for them to continually build future or present tech dystopias um, without it feeling a bit repetitive, without like falling down some of the same... Um, you know, routines or plot devices that they've used before. Mm -hmm. You pointed out when we reviewed the last episode that they kind of do that at the end of the first episode, which is similar yeah. to the end of Hang the DJ, the dating app episode, where they kind of have this. And it was all, you know, it's more than just the app. It's more than just the device. And they, they zoom out, as it were. Um, so I think they're probably going to have to do this style of innovation in some way, but then we come to the question of like, well, what actually makes it Black Mirror? And what do you think makes this episode a Black Mirror episode and not just like another Netflix episode of something else? Yeah, definitely. And of course they have explored, to some extent, they have explored the idea of, you know, moving away from the the traditional dystopian tech. The, the sort of sense trick I always do at the start of the episode or in the early stages is how familiar is the technology that they're using? Uh, is it just sort of day-to-day? -day? Is it, is, you know, have they gone to the trouble of creating a, a different app interface, like a pseudonym like Streambury, but they often do that for things like Facebook. Uh, in this case, they hadn't, uh, Pia was using an iPhone. The, the iPhone is, is fairly central to the plot and that she can't get Signal to, to tell Davis about uh, what she's found out. Uh, and that, of course, is a pretty, you know, increasingly common horror movie trope in itself, because we are all connected, and it's these moments of disconnection where, from one perspective, we're vulnerable. Uh, but beyond that, as you say, the technology was primarily about film, and I think you'd mentioned in the last episode of our show that you there was a, a kind of a an episode set in the past coming up. This obviously wasn't that. We're going to get onto that, uh, but it was nonetheless kind of backwards looking in terms of how that it how it conceptualized technology, and of course the, the subject matter as well was was set uh, in the past as well. So I think that does reflect uh, a broadening of, of um, kind of thematic interest amongst the, amongst the producers of, of this show. Uh, but again, I can't get away from the fact that they are really bashing Netflix episode after episode so far in the show, given that in the, what we saw in the last episode, and now we're seeing this sort of uh, satirization uh, or critique really of the, the content machine that is Netflix, particularly interestingly when it comes to true crime, not just making 
sort of uh, dramas and, and comedies and other fictional work, but really the what we call the surreality TV, uh, which is increasingly part of Netflix's uh, roster of shows, partly because it's it's just cheaper to to make, you know, uh, when you're doing documentaries and, and reality TV and stuff. And so this was definitely shot across the bows about that. Uh, we yeah, for the second episode in a row, we met a Netflix or a, f- a filmmaking executive. Uh, we saw the congratulations from your friends at Streambury Champagne that that Davis was sent at the end, which I think is common practice now in in Hollywood around awards season, and the awards spectacle itself, featuring some cameos from real-life people like Kirsty Walk uh, as well and Clive Myrie. Uh, so it's it's very, it, you know, despite this being returning to its sort of British or Scottish roots uh, in this episode, it's very much Hollywood-inflected, which I think was interesting as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think partly it's because these show writers, um, you know, and as much as I think you're right, I think it is mocking Netflix and mocking the global streaming service sort of machine. It's also a a self-reflexive moment, I think, to to look at the way in which people like Annabelle Jones and Charlie Brooker, who've been behind this show for the last, you know, for the the last decade, the ways that the pressure is on them to make content. And I think this episode delves a little bit into that. I, I do wish there'd been a bit more. I think so far with both episodes, I think there's almost a bit of an emotional core that I'm missing. Um, which I've seen done really well in other episodes of Black Mirror. But I think that, um, you know, the kind of pressures on them to produce something that's um, really, really heartfelt, but also high budget and well-made to make content out of people's life experiences. Obviously, that's not just Black Mirror. That's all TV and all kinds of, on all film, you know, to make something that feels emotionally authentic and also creepy and dystopian. Um, and, you know, it's the figure of this guy, this um, this boy Davis, who's, the, who's basically at the end of this episode has lost, you know, his mum and his girlfriend and his memories of going back to this place are now going to be forever tainted and haunted. But everyone's congratulating him because, um, you know, he's won an award for it. And very few people seem to kind of understand the, you know, in, in an almost kind of parodied sense, no one seems to understand that this is an incredibly painful, traumatic thing for him. It's 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 not a um, a happy victory. And I think that's more of a statement on, like, the pressure on, on people who make films and make art and make content and the difficulty of coming up with new ideas. Yeah, I, I will say that I think that's where the, the actual plot lost me a bit. Like, I really don't think with the mm. emotional, the, the the dual emotional bond of finding out that his yeah. mother was uh, involved with what she, his parents were involved with what they were, and the death of his partner, I, I can't imagine that he'd be willing to stand yeah. at an award ceremony and uh, and even try to smile for the camera. Yeah. It felt a, a bit too much of a stretch there. A clever shift that he ended up being the subject of yeah. his own original documentary, of course, sort of get the irony there, but... Uh, uh, but that's where I it challenged me uh, a bit. Yeah, it feels a little more hollow, I think, than um, one of my favourite episodes of Black Mirror ever. Maybe we should, at the end of the season, do a top of our favourite ever episodes. But um, um, one of my favourites is 15 Million Merits, which had Daniel Kaluuya, mm. and it's like a super dystopian world. And Daniel Kaluuya's character, again, spoiler for that episode, at the end goes on a rant about the sort of TV making machine and the judges and the people and the audience. And it's very critical of people consuming painful, hurtful, emotional content. Um, And then it's revealed that now he does that on TV every single day for like, (laughs) as part of a show. 
And that, I think, was a really neat way of encapsulating how um, people don't really have choices and people don't really, um, you know, people say these things and do these things, but ultimately continue to create that content again and again and again, even though it's painful, hurtful, exploitative. And I don't think this show, this episode gave us enough of that guy's character or the emotional bonds between these people to Mm. make it feel like, to make it clear why he was doing it at all. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think just to say, well, it's the incentives, you know, when he was arguing with Pia, it was him who wanted to stick to the sort of artistic vision, the more, the narrow uh, niche uh, content of content, if you like, of of, of that, that original subject. So that's, that's also, uh, I think, relevant to, yeah, maybe not quite landing the plane on this occasion. But I think at yeah, the heart of that debate, however well it's realised, is the fact that, you know, there are still auteurs out there who want to make, you know, real uh, films rather than just sort of things that, quote unquote, something that people actually want to see. Uh, and mm. so I think that that sort of tension gets a bit lost at the end when he so, so willingly seems to participate in, in the success of this documentary. I agree. And I think that another thing, and I, I completely agree with, with that. And I, I think, you know, that actually I didn't think about it at the time, but there is this storyline of people just want to make content that appeals to everyone and people are like sucked into rather than real stories or things they're really interested in. You know, you just do yeah. whatever the machine wants you to do. Um, I had this feeling that like, I don't know, I think it would almost be more interesting with just a little bit more mystery behind it at the at the end. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit... Um, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I don't think it's either the best example of a Black Mirror episode or the best example of a true crime episode. And one issue that maybe this episode had is that true crime is so popular and so good and indeed has been done so well by Netflix that it's actually very hard to compete with a well-made true crime you know, episode because um, there's a whole kind of skill that goes into that. And I think this episode doesn't have that because it seems to change its mind halfway through about what 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 genre it fits into and some of that genre shifting comes at the peril of not developing as you say these these characters and not developing the storyline and the emotional heft of what's going on yeah and of course obviously it's compared with true crime it's it's not true despite their best efforts mm-hmm. to uh kind of yeah create found footage you know tv reels and that <laughs> did look quite plausible actually sort of itn vans and that kind of thing but more generally yeah i think you know that that's the irony isn't it? they can't compete with true crime because because it isn't true yeah um a couple of uh, little easter eggs i kind of noticed mm-hmm. one at the end there's one of the other rival documentaries was called project junipero which feels like a shout out yes of course and i spotted Junipero, that too and that. actually yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting for so many reasons. Maybe we can come back to some of these Easter eggs, but it was about euthanasia, which isn't actually a word they ever use in the San Junipero episode, but of course it is kind of a euthanasia, isn't it? Mm. Interesting. <laughs> um, other Easter eggs? Well, the other thing I caught, not maybe an Easter egg so much, but I thought that the BAFTA trophy, for those who maybe aren't British or aren't mm. aware of the, the British awards, the, the BAFTAs are the main British equivalent to the Oscars. I think they're given to both film and, and TV uh and that is a great the actual look of the figurine is great because it's, yeah. it's sort of a the classic actor's mask and i was reminded of this quote that yeah fame is a mask that eats into the face and i think that's particularly true for this where the sort of the involvement of the main character the complicity of him in this you know shifts over the course of the episode in really mm. interesting ways you know, if, even if we think it was flawed it's quite a clever idea that by the end he's collecting this award which sort of 
you know, if he held it yeah. up in front of his own face, would, would shroud half his face, which I think was quite appropriate. And of course, the significance of the mask as worn by his mother as well in this episode, exactly. right? The exactly. mask that she keeps in their house. and Exactly. Yeah. Which then people in the bar are, are wearing at the end yeah. of it. Mm, definitely. So we're two episodes in. So in some ways it feels early to call, but in other ways it's actually almost halfway through the season in the sense that there are only mm. five episodes. What do you think so far? What's this kind of season thrown up for you thematically or ideas that you're seeing really round home in this season or that are different about this season? Yeah, I mean, my overriding sense is I think this will be the last season. Certainly the last season in yes. its current form. I, I haven't so heard too. any news about renewal or not, but... Um, mm. Clearly, you know, I, I, I don't actually think Netflix are too too pissed off about having Netflix be the target of both these episodes so not. far. I think they won't I think mind. They probably love it, actually. <laughs> but it does suggest that once you've turned your ire and your fire on your your host, that's no, that normally feels like the end. You know, unless they're willing to take it somewhere else or do something completely different with it. Um, I sense that's mm. a bit of a, an epilogue in itself. Really, we'll see what the other three episodes contain. But but that's yeah, uh, that's my main sense. What about you? What do you think? I actually think I disagree with you in the sense that I don't think the making fun of Netflix thing is, I think they probably would have encouraged that in some way. I think there's a sense in which these, you know, as I said before, like in 15 million merits, um, it reminds me a lot of that guy criticizing the judges and like yelling at them Mm. and telling them they're awful. And the judges, rather than um, push him away, say, oh, that was brilliant. That was so well (laughs) done. I mean, I think it's just good content, isn't it? Like, I think that actually Netflix probably, as long as they, you know, it's, it's not they can they can control it they can host it they love it they it's a way of making netflix relevant <laughs> in a mm-hmm. world where actually netflix is becoming a bit less relevant mm-hmm. um i think and i think um they will probably try and get some more out of this i agree that it i think it should be the last season and we can talk mm-hmm. more at the end of mm-hmm. these reviews about why i think that but i think that as long as that money comes in I, I feel like there'll always be pressure for them to do if not a whole season even like a film or mm. similar to kind of experimental modes of production and media, like with Bandersnatch, the interactive kind of film yeah. episode. Um, so I don't think we'll see the end of, you know, Charlie Booker and Annabelle Jones working on this type of content for Netflix. But I agree with you that I think it could be the end of Black Mirror yeah. um, in its current form. Um, though I, I think there, I don't know, I think there are probably some ideas in the tank, but they will, I think there might be some interesting things that come out once they're able to leave the the Black Mirror sort of name brand and just do whatever they want to do and whatever interests them. But we can talk more about that as we go into our end of season review later. Yeah, and of course, as an, an anthology series, it's already extremely flexible with respect to plot and characters. In fact, it's more surprising yeah. when there are similarities between the episodes as we've talked about today. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, as you say, we will return to the broader takeaway from the season as a whole, maybe even the series as a whole, uh, at the mm-hmm. end of this run of episodes. We've got three more to do. Uh, we'll probably mm-hmm. stagger them over the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, but fun to talk about this one. I thought we'd have not so much to talk about, but we've run to our kind of like <laughs> 20 minutes or so. So uh, plenty to, to dwell on. Yeah, thanks so much. And um, I'm looking forward to watching the next one and talking about it with you. Me too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.